0: Okay, so tonight, Be'ez Rosh Hashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of shirim on the teachings of Rav Yitzchak Meir Morgenstern Shlita. And the title of tonight's year is going to be the Malchus that is concealed within the unknowable head, which is basically a rough, clunky translation of a statement that Rav Yitzchak Meir brings down countless times, perhaps more than any other statement which Serves as the particular novelty of Ravitchemayer, the concept of Malchus Hagnuza Baradla, the Malchus that is concealed in Radla Reish talid lamed Aleph, which is an acronym for a concept that's brought down throughout the Zohar, Reisha Delo Isida, the unknowable head or the head that cannot be known. Now, three introductions that we're going to be speaking about before we enter into the sugya. Number one is the typical introduction, and specifically when it comes to this year, it's very important for me to be magdish this, that everything that you're going to be hearing tonight is my humble understanding of the writings of Ravitcha Morgenstern and his Tamidim, as well as the Hanhagos of Ravitcha Morgenstern and his Tamidim, and any mistakes that emerge out of it, and any confusion that seems to be present specifically from this sugya should be leveled at my feet as opposed to leveling it by the feet of the tzaddik. Second of all, what we're going to be doing, like we've been doing until now, is we're going to be mamshech We're going to try and build upon what we've been speaking about until now. And in order to really understand how the concept of malchus and how the concept of reishad lo isyadah, or the unknowable head, play into what we've been discussing throughout the series of Shiram on we actually have to go to some basic introductions, some basic Hakdamos that are not necessarily based on Revit These are based on the Aleph base of the Arizal's reading of the idra and the idra But these Sugyos, that the Arizal is Mazbir, that describes this concept of Reish Loisida, my humble opinion is that there has been no tzaddik who has spoken as much about the concept of *Resha Dulo the unknowable head, or the head that cannot be known, other than the archetype which Ravitcher Meyer Morgenstern finds himself in, in this sugya in particular, which was Rav Yitzhak Isaac of Kamarna, the Kamarna Rebbe, the Mechaber of Sfarim, like Nisiv Mitzvosecha, of Zohar Chai. He was the nephew of the Atar Tzvi of Zidichov. And one of the main sadikim that Revitche Meyer Morgenstern draws his Mahalach down from, in particular when it comes to the concept of Yehudim. But when a person learns the writings of Kamarna, in particular Zohar Chai, a person sees that everywhere you turn, every page that you're looking at, is bringing one into contact with the Sugya of Malchus and Reshad Lo'es So, what we're going to do in order to understand how this connects to what we spoke about last week in terms of the necessity of the individual engaging specifically within the realm of limitation in order to disclose the fact that the koach or the strength that it takes for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to conceal himself so that things that are apparently other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu could exist is a more essential strength, is a deeper strength that touches the core of the infinite even above and beyond the infinite expression without any symptom, Because like we saw in the name of the Rebbe Rashab and the name of Rav Aaron Halevi from Strelshelya, that the koyach Ma'atsur or the koyach hamasach, the strength of prevention or the strength of separation or the strength of interruption is more essential, comes from a deeper place within the individual than the natural ability to simply flow with the natural proclivities of the soul. And that it's specifically in the limitations, in the Midos, in the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has revealed himself in the osios of Yud Vovke, the Shem Havaya, or the Torah Tefillah, it's specifically there that we have to engage with HaKadosh Baruch Hu by way of his limitation, in order that through his limitation we have access to the unlimited, thereby disclosing at Tsefes kishut, an additional adornment that shows that not only is the unlimited expressive of godliness and Kedusha, but the limited and the confined and the demarcated and the gvulim also bespeak HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that at the end of history we're able to come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say that not only did we find you in the infinite resources of light that was devoid of kalim and concealment, but we even found you within the kalim and concealment as well. We found you in the darkness as well, thereby doubling or potentiating or intensifying the aspect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our lives. So what we spoke about until now, this holding pattern of a paradox, that on the one hand we have absolutely no access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu we have no access to the immediate relationship with the Infinite, Yet nevertheless, we obviously have a deep relationship through mediation with the infinite, and specifically through his midos, to the point that it's a rutz of a shov, to the point that on the one hand we're running towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the deep awareness that we're grasping him. On the other hand, we're stuck in that natural, anxious, existential space of realizing that no matter how far we go along the rungs of Kedusha, we can never truly grasp the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And even what we answered last week to show why it is that we can't have access to the essence, which was in order for Hashem to show us the loftier value of limitation, at the end of the day, it doesn't give us a real insight into how this paradox plays out in the real lived experience of Avodas Hashem. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. The two concepts that we need to be Mazbir first off in the letters of the Arizal are the concept of Malchus and the concept of resha lo Isida and the interconnection between the two of them. Now, like we said in the Shirim on the Esar Sviros, in particular the shir on the Svira of Malchus, Malchus is the lowest manifestation of the order of Heshtalshalos. The ten stages through which anything emerges out of itself. From the original will and the desire and the pleasure that drives that desire that is associated with the Mida of Keser, to the collective vision associated with the right brain that sees everything in its unity and its wholeness of Chachma, then to the differentiation and the need to discern one thing from the other through the constriction of the left brain of Bina, then down to the connectivity that allows for those mochen, for those modes of consciousness to descend and actually become lived emotional experiences, which is das, which is not counted when kesser is counted, and kesser is not counted when das is counted, and then something emerges down to the practical manifestation of how it would look through chesed, of what it's going to look like in its full expressivity. And then gvura, the left arm comes along in constriction and it says, no, ad it can't go any further. And then that dialectic between expression of chesed and containment of gvura finds its paradoxical union that gives birth to a beauty or a sublimity that emerges out of a certain impossibility into Ferris, And then down to the... Actual vessels of manifestation, the right side of Netzach, which overcomes any preventions that stand in its way, and its counterpart, which is part and parcel of the same sphere of Hod, which is willing to admit or surrender to the fact that there are certain things that a person can't overcome. And then down to the media of Yasod, which takes all of that energy and that collective experience from the original will down to that surrender of Hod, and it decides to express itself practically speaking. And Malchus, that 10th Svira, which is a quasi-Svira in the sense that it's nothing other than its own impoverishment. Malchus is simply the sum total of all things as they manifest in reality, the space in which things manifest. But malchus on its own right is that feminine principle of lack, of desire, and not a gendered principle of femininity, but rather the ontological concept of femininity that is found within all masculine individuals as well, just as the masculine principle of expressivity is found within the feminine as well. But malchus in its silent femininity associated with the hiddenness and the darkness has no strength of its own. It's simply the presence of that which preceded it. It's Lacela meklum. It has nothing to claim of its own because it's simply the receptacle that reveals that which preceded it. It's the humility necessary in order for a person to be able to say what I'm saying are not my own words, that what I'm trying to convey is not my own thoughts, but rather thoughts that come from a place above me. That Nikud of Malchus, because of its impoverishment, is also susceptible to descent into darkness. Ragleha yardu Madas, the Zohar Akadush says, the legs of Malchus dangle into the arenas of death, the worlds of separation. Every night we see in the Kavanas of the Arizal the Malchus of Atzilus, that limit point where the unity of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is absolutely present, even within limitation, descends into true worlds of limitation, into the worlds of bria yitzira nasiya, into the worlds of separateness and the nocturnal anxiety of things not being unified. And Malchus, or the Shekhinah, the presence of godliness in this world, in all of its destitution, is found specifically in the lowest rungs of experience. We all find ourselves in the realm of Malchus. Everything, according to the Arizal, that we are possible, able to discuss, is rooted in the concept of Malchus. Because everything preceding Malchus is almost on a certain level unspeakable because of its lofty nature. The tzimtzum itself, that original contraction of godliness, is considered in the words of the Arizal, and the words of the Zohar, as kavyachol, so to speak, the malchus of HaKadosh Baruch That when we talk about kabbalah Malchus Shemayim, we say that all that we can understand in terms of how Hashem has created the world is the fact that He had desired on a certain level a malchus, a kingship, and Ein Melech Beloham. And there's no king without those who are lower than that, to recognize it. So everything that we experience in our degraded experience is the conception of malchus, down to the ABCs of our anxieties and our difficulties, as well as the Torah and the mitzvahs that we engage in. It's all within the realm of malchus, the physicality, the ipsity, the thisness of everything. The fact that there's quantity and quality that determines one thing from another. All gvulim, all dinim, all gvuros all difficulty, all constriction, all achiza of chitzonius or klepos or husks of secondariness grab themselves in the space of malchus. But Revit Shemeyer wants us to look very carefully at something that the Arizal HaKadosh wrote. The Arizal in Sharyud Gimel, in Sharyud Gimel in Yitzchayim Kadisha. Yitzchayim Kadisha, the 50 Sha'arim, the 50 gates that the Arizal conveyed to his student from Chaim Vital, compiled down into what we know of as the Sefer HaKadosh of Eitz Chaim, the Tree of Life. He writes as follows in Sharyud Gimel, which is Shar Atik. Atik is the loftiest of the him, something that we don't necessarily have to get into for our understanding of what we're trying to say. But with Hashem, Hashem should be with us, That there should be a time where these sugyos become more practical. And the Arizal there speaks in Sharyud Gimel in the first few Prakim about the original Sviros, about the root Sviros, the Tisha Sviros HaShoroshim, the first instantiation of Sviros, that Koyach Gvul, that way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself in this world. And he associates it, and Rav Itzemair discusses this at length in Hishiram on the beginning of Yitzchayim in Yam HaChachma Tavshin Ayin Beiz which I've translated, just waiting to figure out how to share it. But these nine spheros are associated with the nine heichalos in the Zohar in Parshas Neyach, where Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says, I raise my hands in tefillah, and the Ramchal has a peirosh on that maimer in the Zohar, which talks about the loftiest levels of Kedusha. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov in Torah Haftal, in the 24th teaching in the Maran, also discusses this concept. But what we find in those nine originary sviros, we find something unique that we don't find anywhere else. And it's almost a transgression of the interdiction announced by the Sefer Hayatsirah. Because the Sefer Hayatsirah says, always remain careful to ensure that there's 10 spheros. Not 11 spheros and not 9 spheros, but 10 spheros, because 10 is the number of kedusha, 11 is the number of excess and surplus and extra things, as if we can add things, and 9 is the number of deficiency, of something lacking. But we see in Shari Yud Gimel, in Shari Atik, the Arizal says as follows, the original 9 spheros are keser, chachma, bina, chesed, Gvura, Teferes, netzach, and hod, and Yisod. Nine spheros, missing a last one. There's no malchus. There's no malchus found in that lofty realm. There's no constriction found in that lofty realm. And the Arizal Mephorshim asked the question, where is this tenth sphere? Where is malchus? And what the Arizal answers, and Reb Chaim Vital answers in the name of his Rebbe, is that that malchus, the original malchus, is rooted in the Kesser of Kesser. It's rooted in the highest point of that system. It's rooted in the Gimel Ration of Atik, in the top three spheros of Atik Yoman, which is referred to as Raisha Dilo Isida, the unknowable head. Now the reason that Raisha Dilo Isida, the apex of the system of the Ariza, the Keser Kolhaksarum, the highest point that a person can conceivably come to in terms of understanding our relationship with the infinite is what the Arizal refers to as Reish Adolo To the extent that based on the Klal Ha'erchin, on the relativity principle that we discussed in the name of the Rashash, any level that a person comes to, say, assuming we're working within the ground floor of our space of relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the ceiling is going to be Reish Adolo and that's going to be the apex of what we could come to. Now, above Reishad Lo Loisida, again, there's going to be an infinitely larger level that a person can then ascend up to to realize that what they've come to know until this point is nothing and null and void. But the apex is always Racial Loisida, wherever and whichever level you're working on. To the point that the Vilmagon in Safriditsniusa is perished there, and the Arizal on his parish on Safriditsniusa writes explicitly that Rachel Loisida Ikri Ain Sof that relatively speaking, when a person comes to the level of radla, when a person comes to that place of the unknowable head, it's as if they have reached the infinite level of that particular darga that they're on. Not to say, God forbid, that they've reached the etsem, but rather they've reached the apex of what they can conceive of in terms of that level. And now the next step is to ascend back up to the realization that they know absolutely nothing, only to go through that entire process again. So what the Arizal is telling us is that if you want to understand the first shayrash of Malchus, if you want to understand that first place that Malchus can be found, it's contained and inherent within that originary space of Reishad Lo Isyada, that unknowable head, that space of godliness that is so lofty that when we come to that place, when we come to that attempt to recognize the infinite presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all we can recognize is Dilo Isyada, that we can't know it. That Shaloneda. Now the question is, what is this racial? What is this place that Malchus is rooted in? That all finite manifestation that all of our anxieties and our experiences of darkness and concealment and questioning and all of the different things that we talk about from day to day, what takes place in that place of Reishad Lo isa in that unknowable head? in that loftiest stage in the Seder HaRishtal Shalos. Now, one of the reasons, according to the Arizal, and again, Ravit Shemeyer brings this down so often, there's a remarkable mimer, one of, in my humble opinion, one of my favorite ma'amarim, a <laughs> M'yam HaKochma Ayin, called the Hispia B'Tzach Tzachais all about the concept of Reish Loisida, about 200 pages. And what Ravit Shemeyer is basing himself on there is what Rav Bital wanted to try and understand in the name of his Rebbe. Why is it that the apex of the system, the apex of the level that we can reach, is referred to as Reishad lo Isyada, the unknowable head, or the head that cannot be known, or the level of HaKadosh Baruch that remains perpetually out of grasp. Now, instead of coming on to the concept of that negative theological impulse that we've been speaking about so often, that when a person reaches the top of the level, they come to a place of realizing that and that all we can know is what we don't know, like the Ramam would say, the Arizal has a very different answer. The Arizal says, if you want to know why Radla, why Reisha the Isyada, the unknowable head, the apex of the system remains unknowable, remains always and forever perpetually out of the individual's grasp, so that our way of connecting is not absolute knowledge, or empirical data, but rather by way of faith, by way of believing in something that we can't truly conceive of, because leis The reason for that is because I don't know, Rav Chaim Vital says, exactly what my Rebbe meant. When the Arizal taught me about Reishad Lo Isyada, it wasn't clear exactly what he was describing. There are sveikos there, there are doubts there. Now, Ravit Shemeyer goes through each and every one of those doubts based on the writings of the Arizah, which are very practical and almost mathematical in their nature, so we're not going to be discussing them too much. What we're going to be discussing is the fact that the reason the highest level on any level of reaching HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be considered unknowable is because we're doubtful as to what exactly is taking place there. Because when a person reaches that level, when a person ascends to the highest point that they can ascend to, what they come to recognize is that it's impossible to stand precisely upon what is taking place, whether HaKadosh Baruch Hu is revealing himself to us by way of positive assertion, or whether HaKadosh Baruch Hu is concealing himself from us by way of negation whether our attempt to grasp HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs to be by way of Yediyah and knowledge, or whether our grasp of HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs to be by way of emuna, which is the absence of knowledge, whether the Iker Avoida is tefillah of davening and being misbatel and nullifying ourselves in that feverish yearning towards that which is above us by way of our own recognition of our inherent lack, or whether it should be Torah, which is the conception of what makes us feel powerful and valuable, whether it's the impulse of Ahava that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us, or whether it's the impulse of Yira that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. Down to the more practical levels, whether it's Be'iyun that I should be learning, or whether it's Bikias that I should be learning, whether it's Musr that I should be learning, or whether it's Hasidus that I should be learning. In the space of Reishad Lo Isida, it's not clear which one is true. Rav Chaim Vital says, I don't know what I heard from my Rebbe. A could be true and B could be true. Now the Meforshim and Rav brings down the raid of all of them, the toma Chaim Zachu and the Ramchal and the Balasulam and the Shach and Yerodeah, all of the different Meforshim and the Leshem from who call this into question, they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're talking about the apex of the Kabbalistic system. We're talking about the loftiest point in the Dargos of the worlds of what the Ariza was describing through Ruach HaKodesh, what he was able to perceive on the banks of the Nile River from the Giloy Eliyahu and through the Koyach of Hisboididus. That when we come to the apex, it's doubtful, it's questionable which is true and what's not true of how we need to relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to us. So what the Mafforshim all agree upon and Meyer Morgenstern stresses it so clearly is that these sfekos of rational loisida these doubts of, of radla this not knowing which is true and which is not true is not the same as the doubts as the sfekos that we engage in in practical day-to-day life in practical day-to-day life the sfekos that we experience those existential doubts that confound our faith and our trust are because one thing is true and one thing is not true. And in our minds, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it, and we simply don't know which way to do it. We're afraid that we're going to make the wrong choice. We're afraid that what we choose to follow is not going to be the correct path. But at the level of Radla, at the level of Reshobo Isyadat, that level of the Atik of Atik, that Bechina of Ein Sof, that infinite limit that a person comes to, what all of the Mephorshim of the Arizal agree upon is that those phakos are not because one is true and one is not true, but both are true at the same time. And in the space of rationalisida, Isida, in that unknowable head that human conception can never truly understand because of our limited rational faculties, there's a perpetual assault of two possibilities always taking place in unison simultaneously. To the point that it's impossible for an individual to stand upon one of them without being assaulted by the other one, like the Laha Tacher from that rotating sword that the Cherubim hold that block Adam Marishon from returning back to Gan where it's it's glistening because it's moving so fast, and the Sufik doesn't come because one thing is wrong and one thing is right, but the Sufik is that both are true simultaneously. And our limited conception of reality cannot grasp that. So the loftiest level of the system of the Arizal, and what Ravitchemayer sees as the apex of the system, is the realization that when we come to a place of Radla, when we come to a place of de lo DeLoisya, we're forced to recognize that at the end of the day, the only thing that we can do is to have Emuna, to have Emuna and faith in the fact that both are true at once that the machloksim between Yira and Ahava, between fear of God and love of God, between Torah and Tefillah, between chasidus and the Grah, between the Kabbalah of the Ramak and the Kabbalah of the Arizal, between the Kabbalah of the Leshem and the Kabbalah of the Balhasulam, between Dvekus Bimurgash, where a person feels sensually that they're connecting to Akadesh Barhu or Dvekus Bilti Morgash, or whether it's an unconscious experience of connection to Hashem, whether it's Ratso running forward to HaKadosh Baruch Barhu in that feverish attempt to move from limitation to the unlimited, or whether it's Shov, which is the calming waters of descending from the unlimited back into limitation. Is it Mati or Lomati? And what our tzaddikim, Mount Rav points out so expressively is that it's both at the same time. That simultaneity of the experience, like we've been discussing until now, the simultaneity of grasping only the midos of a Baruch Hu, while simultaneously at the same moment, impossibly speaking, to recognize that we're also grasping the infinite of a Baruch Hu. To realize that on the one hand, and on the other hand, to recognize that Toughest beru'usa daliba, that the desire of the heart has the capacity of grasping it. To recognize the two naturally paradoxical modes of sovev kol'almen, of Akadush Barhu annihilating all of reality in his infinitude which surrounds reality, and memalek kol'almen, which is the imminent presence of Akadush Barhu, which gives room for reality. The paradox of Yichud Ilah, the lofty unity of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, which reminds us as the Balatani says, that nothing exists other than the true nature of godliness. And the paradoxical reality of Yichud Tata, the lower unity of Baruch She'en Kavod Marchus which says, no, everything exists, it's simply animated by the light of HaKadosh Baruch at the level of Reshad al-Isyadah, both are true simultaneously and we're unable to grasp that and therefore it appears to us as Sveikos. When I was learning this sugya in the Arizal before I found myself in the writings of Ravit Shemeyer, what I wanted to understand was why does the Zohar HaKadosh refer to Radla as Reshad lo Isyada, as the head that can never be known, as opposed to saying Reshad de Yada, the head that is not known, meaning to say, is there a possibility that we can ever come to a place where those sveikos will be settled, in which case the sveikos and those doubts are only temporary, and the Zohar should have referred to it as below yada, the head that is not known. Or is it something that will perpetually be out of our reach, no matter what level we reach, to always realize that there's something higher than us, and that's why the Zohar refers to it as Raisha below isyada, the head that cannot be known the head that will not be known, implying that it's never going to be that way, that we'll never be able to have grasp of it. So this was probably about six or seven years ago, and I reached out through email to Ravich Mayer, through one of his Gabayim, and I asked a very simple question. I asked, is it referred to as Reishad Lo Isyada because it will never truly be known, even when we reach the level of knowing it, we'll come to realize there's a loftier level that we cannot know. And the answer that I got was the Kamarna Rebbe in the Hakdamah to the Zoyer Chai says that La'asid Lavo in the future, Reshid Lo Isyadah will become known to the individual. Which was disappointing to me in my humble opinion because my entire understanding of the system is that even when a person comes to a place of knowledge, of knowing what cannot be known, there will be a new level of infinitude in the infinity of unknowing that comes in its place. So at that time, I had the to also be in a Chabur with Rav Matil Zilber, this, the Tachina Rebbe, who's a close friend of Ravit Shemeyer. And I spoke to him after Chabur, and I said to him, I asked him the question that I was asking, and I told him what Ravit Shemeyer answered. And he smiled, and he says, yes, but it's p'tores ha'erchen. It's relative. Meaning to say that both are true. Yes, in the future, the Reshadu lo will come to be known. The Svekos will be miyushav. A person will be able to understand how the simultaneity of all things are taking place at once. How on the one hand, there's a limit towards what we can conceive of with regards to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yet on the other hand, it's specifically in that limit that we touch the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But what Rav Matul was saying is that Rav Itchemeyer's answer is also based on Klale HaErchen, which means that no matter what level you come to of pure knowledge of Reishad Lo of that Pachina of Ein Sof, you'll also simultaneously come to realize that there's more Sveikos on top of it. So that settled my mind in the sense because Rachel Lo Isida reminds us that the loftiest level that we'll ever come to is going to be the reality that we can never truly grasp how the impossible paradox of something and nothing, of Ein and Yesh, of that Koyach of Keser that contains both something and nothing within it both the somethingness of Bina and the nothing of Chachma in unison, we can never truly understand how that is experienced. Now, in Sefer in Ditzni one of the most fundamental parts of the Zayr Kadush, which the Vilna Goan and the Arizal wrote their famous Perushimon, the opening of Safar Ditzni is as follows. Safar Ditzni Safred Safar Ditzni shaf- Ad mashkichin Anpen so the, the Vilna Goon on the first five words of that the book of concealment, the book that is weighed on scales, the Goen writes, based on the Arizal, that Sniyutza, that modesty, that concealment, is the bakhina is the aspect of rashid Lo Isyada, is the bakhina of that unknowable head. And that safra, the book of concealment, is the das that's mezcalot to us. That on a certain level in our minds, we can conceive of the fact that there's a place in our minds that we can never conceive. And by way of that knowledge of what we can never truly know, we have a, a small grasp of the concept of reshad lo isyada. Now I want to read to you the words that I saw in the in Ravit Shemeyer, in Yama Chachma. This is going to be in Yama Chachma, Tav Shin, it's going to be on page seven hundred and seventy. I shook when I read this because I've never seen Ravit Shemaya write in such a lashon. Iker sod hatsnius, the deepest secret of modesty. Heios radla nechshav leefes The fact that Isida is considered as nothing and something at once. Now the question is, is Tsnius is the modesty of Kabbalah? Is the modesty of Chachma Sanister, the need for occlusion, the need for concealment, the need for hold, holding it in a secret, is that because we don't want other people to know about it? Or because we're afraid the wrong people will hear about it? Or is it something deeper? Is the ontological reality of Kabbalah snius, modesty? The realization that something will always remain hidden no matter what. Like the Leshem Shabbat Khaloma says, the concept of sod in Torah is not because it's a secret that I'm holding or withholding from someone, but it's sod because even when I disclose it, there's still a secrecy to it. Meaning to say that Reishad Lo Isyada is the secret of Tznius, not because we need to keep it hidden, but because its inherent nature is that it's hidden and it can never truly be understood except by way of Emuna. And Revit writes as follows. The Havain Ma'od, understand this deeply, the Sodze, this secret of nothingness and somethingness together, this is the root of the entirety of Tarasa Kabbalah. And the entire concept shortly is the whole Inyan Haraz Asherbaha Kabbalah, the entire concept of secrecy in Kabbalah and the need to hold it secret, Tachliso Lahatsnia Sodze, its purpose is to conceal this secret of how something and nothing, these two paradoxes, can operate in unison. If in truth there are two opposites, which according to the rational mind, are in disagreement and have no room with one another, from one limit to the other, and they're removed from one another in the fullest expression of thought, Afal <speaking> Pika nevertheless Eulem Schnehem Bekena Echad Kaptor Viperak. Both of them not only speak for one another, but they emerge in a sum total that is greater than the sum of their parts. Asher Davzehu Mishul Harayonvah Machava Ehi It's completely removed from the minds how this is a possibility. The Ach Besid Koika Hapela de Bukinasakeser. But nevertheless, through the secret, wondrous power of Keser, which contains something and nothing biyachad, the Ein and the Ani, the subject and the nothingness at once, mityachtim Bahem mityached behem nusah, they're unified in the secret of faith, which will always remain above and beyond the rational conception of things. zehu gufa inyen and this itself is the nature of the tzniyus, the nature of the modesty the way that the Gra hints in his Parish on Safreditznyusa in numerous places the whole that the entire concept of modesty and the need to hold things secret is rooted in the concept of the Lo Deloisida, because the Gra says Huradla. Concealment and modesty is the concept of Reshad Lo Loisyada, Ne this way of HaKadosh Baruch revealing himself in our minds is above and beyond any rational conception. And it's only revealed in Chachma as it's mislabish in itself. And that's why this Torah is rooted in something referred to as Tzafr Now, only because it's coming time for Hanukkah, we're not going to lose ourselves in the Chag of Purim, but Ravit in his Kavanos on Purim, in the writings on Shar Kavanos and Prietz Hayim, speaks so often about how Radla, Reishad Lo Isida is revealed on Purim in the Bechina of Tachlus Hayidiya Shaloneda, reaching the apex of thought, which is recognizing that we can never truly grasp things in their essence. But what's most important for the Chiddush of Ravit in my humble opinion, is as follows. Malchus is found in Radla. The malchus that we find ourselves in, the confusion, the concealment, the questions of dark or light, right or wrong, the lower fallen doubts that we encounter in our day-to-day experiences, in our moment-to-moment engagement with the world, are not simply due to the darkness that occludes light, but rather the questioning and the concealment and the confusion and the confoundedness that an individual experiences in this lowly space of Malchus, in this place of Ragleha Yardu Maves, in the level of Shkinta Begalusa, with all of the negative connotations that we could conceive of, Klipas Naiga and Chitsonius and Briyetsiranasiya and the Chitsonium, all of those things are not some accidental symptom of something gone awry but rather they are truly rooted and still rooted in the loftiest place, which is reishad lo isyada, which is that place of the unknowable head. That in truth, the spheikos that we encounter down here, which remind us of one thing is right and one thing is wrong, is truly rooted in the lofty level where both things are true simultaneously, but because we can't conceive of that in our rational minds, we're forced to engage in the Mida of emuna, of faith of more amuna in HaKadosh Baruch that in spite of the lowly fallen sveikos that we find, those sveikos that the person experiences, those bechinos of Amalek, what we're truly touching is the residual relationship that we always contain with the concept of reishad lo with that unknowable head. And what I want to end with tonight, and I don't typically read this long from the writings, but the lashonos here are so... Misukim midvash, the no sufim, and they're so practical to the individual soul in the modern condition of finding themselves caught within the existential doubt of abysmal questioning. Meyer comes along to offer a trufa to the Maka, alim limla trufa, which offers a certain level of menucha within the soul. This is going to be from Dechachma Lanavshacha. Shnas Tavshin so 2004. These were the Shalushudas Drashos, the first year that the Drashos were published, at least practically in the Sefer. This is in Parshas vayachi and Kuf Ayin Ches. says as follows, We need to understand, that all doubts that a person has with regards to how to serve God in this world, in truth, they're rooted in the place of true connection to godliness. That's referred to as the unknowable head. And these are sveikos that are not doubtful because there's one answer over another, but they're sveikos because they're an etsem ha'safek, like the Lashem refers to them or as Rav hanan Wasserman HaShem Yim discusses in his parish on Maseches P'sachim, that there's a concept of suffolk be'etzem, an essential doubt that is not rooted in some lack or occlusion of knowledge, but rather it's an ontological reality of doubt. makum נשקב ze and at that, that lofty place of Radla, acheras have that in each moment simultaneously there's one understanding and then at the next moment there's another understanding. Like it's referred to in the writings of the Ramchal with regards to the Sveikos of Radla, that in truth they're all true. Because by the level of Reishad below Isyada, which is the aspect of the Or HaEmunah HaPshuta, the light of simple faith, because there it is the place of doubt. And all of these doubts descend into the world as doubts in Avodah Doubts in the work of Emunah. And they emerge and sparkle in the mind of an individual in the secret of Reish radla, And an individual needs to come to the place where these shveikos, where these doubts that they encounter are no longer bothering them. Because every time a person is stuck in a suffix that is tyrant as shalves that any time the doubts of an individual confuse the mind or confound the mind, that's the bechina of Nistamu enehem V'libam Shayasra, That the hearts and the eyes of B'nai Yisrael were closed. But in truth, Asr Shehasafik Sa'adam. It's impossible and it's forbidden to allow the doubts that a person experiences in their amuna and their minds to disturb the peace of the individual. Because a person has to understand that these doubts descend Me'olam ha-gavo'a in the secret of Sveikos Teradla. The And God wants these Sveikos. And we don't need to run away from the Sveikos. All of this is the aspect of the revelation of the rashid Lo Isyada. The revelation in the moment that two things can be true simultaneously. And when a person finds themselves in that doubt, Tzarech ledavik Atzmo B'dveikos. A person has to cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to assert the godliness in their minds that is revealed to them in that moment, kol echad shorash nishmaso. And to be aware that this hisnotesis, this simultaneity of two things happening at once, is really rooted in Reshad Loesida. And therefore it shouldn't bother an individual because the entire purpose of it is to force us to come deeper into a level of amuna that when we find ourselves in Malchus, in the Avodah of Moon in the Avodah of Tfila, in the Avodah of emuna Pshuta, in the Avodah of Hespoidodos, in the Avodah of the nighttime, all of those things associated with Malchus in its degradation, in its denigration, and all of its negation, what we need to remind ourselves is that that's rooted in the loftiest level of the system. And to end with the fact that tonight is Yat Kislev, tonight is the... Rosh Hashanah Chasidus. what the Rebbe, the second Lubavitcher Rebbe writes in Kundras Sinyan Yaneshel Torah HaChassidus is that the Chiddush of the Bar-Shem-Tov and the Chiddush of Tores HaChassidus is that he made the concept of Reshad Lo Isida applicable to all individuals to show us that not only is a Baruch Hu found above, but a Baruch Hu is found below. And as Ravitcha is Mazbir at length in Yam HaKochma Tav Shin Ayin Aleph in his Mimer Derach Eitz Chaim about the Chiddush of Tores HaChassidus based on the Piyazetz Neh writings and the Kamar Neh writings, that the Chiddush of Hasidus above, and above Kabbalah on a certain level is that by Kabbalah, by the Osios of the Arizal, there's Oros and there's Kalim. And the Oros are different than the Kalim because the Or is the unlimited and the Kli is the limitation. Or the Or is infinite and the Kli is finite. But comes Taras Hasidis and this is really expressed beautifully in the Mavosh Ha'arim of of Kalanimous Kalman Shapira from Piyaz Na Hashem yom kom domo, what we see there is that the Iker, Chiddush of Hasidus, is that even the Kalim are neskala to be eloikos. That even those places where we find concealment and darkness in our lives are also expressive of a Kadish Baruch Like the Lubavitcher Rebbe taught us, Lenu, that the entire Indian of Tairus Chasidus is the giloy of Reishad Lo isyida, to each and every individual in their own emun